Welcome to the Healing Space. I am Sensei Raven Akundayo. And I am Brandon Harris Williams. Ain't you? I am. I is. I is. Hey, ain't, I? ain't I? Ain't I? Ain't I? Ain't I? Ain't I? <laughs> oh. Oh boy. Here we go. <laughs> oh, trying to Millie Rock. I can't really. No, any block, but you know. I think you have the wrong day. You're, you're Millie Rocking on a Tuesday when they're not going to be able to see you until Thursday. So that's not going to work. Because right now they can't. I mean, but they can Millie Rock in spirit. Okay. Okay. They, they with me. So it's good that you said it so they'll know to do it. Because if you were just doing it, they couldn't see you then. There we go. But this is going to be an awesome week for us. <laughs> because you get two <laughs> healing spaces. And the first one is actually taking place with BHW in studio. Look, so that's uh, awesome. Look at me. Or listen on. to me. <laughs> I'm here. Come Isn't on. that a song? Oh, listen to me. I thought like it's a song. It's got to be a song. Okay, I'm, I'm sure here. that someone made a song called I'm Here. Yeah. I can't think off the top of my head. Wait, yes. I'm here. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. I'm here. Mm-hmm. Wait, I feel like that's a, a, a song that came out like over the last couple of years, I'm Here. Probably. I can't think of it off the top of my head. Well, I know I'm, I think I'm thinking of Beyonce, I Was Here. Yeah. Well, I am here, present tense. Right. So we got to keep it, you know. Okay. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but but anyway, so yes, he is in studio. And then on Thursday, you know, once a month, we have our uh, THS Live. And it's going to happen on Facebook this in coming Thursday. Color. Right. Uh, 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 uh. <laughs> He'll be back up here again. Absolutely. In living color. What? This is why they need live. (laughs) So they can see the way I'm looking at him right now. (laughs) Giving the people choreo, you know. Five, six, seven, eight. That was not five, six, seven, eight. (laughs) I'm like, we need this to be live. You better do all this movement live. That five, six, seven, eight was not. Listen, you're an actor. <laughs> so what does that mean? I don't come for you. Okay. About the acting. Okay. So you gonna leave me alone? But wait, wait. <laughs> but dancing isn't a profession of yours. Like what? Anyway. Okay. Okay. I could see if you said you're not gonna judge me. Like I don't know. I don't know what I have. That's the equivalent to you and <laughs> you and dancing. <laughs> I don't know if there is a... I feel like yeah. you're being rude. I'm here in studio and you're being rude to me. Listen. Uh, over the phone, too. There we go. You know what you can do? A lot of things. Oh, my God. There we go. Indeed. Atlanta. Indeed. <laughs> Let us pray. So you just got off of a flight. And I was praying, but I did. I was about to say, I'm, I'm proud of you. You've been stepping this flight game up. You, I mean- you, well, I mean, you, it took to go from none to, you know. <laughs> well, no, I've flown before. No, I'm saying, so, but I'm saying, but I mean, since I've known you was your first flight, right? No. Really? Really. Oh, I don't know why. Who am I confusing you with? I don't know. <laughs> I don't like flying. Maybe that's what I'm thinking. Maybe. Maybe I'm thinking the don't like to, <laughs> to ha- never. To. No, it happens. No, no. More than I would like it to. I, just I don't swear like in my mind, I keep thinking you're like Whoopi Goldberg and you'd rather just be on a bus traveling America instead of. Mm, she doesn't do planes at all. I don't know about a bus. Okay. <laughs> well, I mean, she's not going to be in a car. Because <laughs> she, <laughs> she's going to be traveling. Drive? What? 
She's going to be on a, she's a star. She's going to be on a huge ass bus that's like a home. She's not going to be on a plane. She got travel. If you're going to be regularly going from, you know, like when she was at the Oscars, she was on a bus to get there. She doesn't do planes. I'm sorry, she so. was on what to a who? <laughs> she does, the, the view isn't, oh wait, the view is in California too? Or is, in New that's York what City. I thought, exactly. So because it's in New York City, she had to get on a bus and they took her to California. Whoopi does not do planes at all. Right. Exactly. Whoopi, I don't have no eyebrows, took a bus from New York City all the way to Los Angeles for like the Oscars. Of, what does her lack of eyebrows have to do? <laughs> That's really what she did. Yes. You, you gonna be okay? No. Okay. <laughs> I don't even understand, but okay. She has a fear of planes. I didn't, I didn't know it was a fear. I thought she just didn't do that. Oh, no. Okay. Yeah. Something like a fear of heights? Yeah. Well, I don't know if it's heights, but I know okay. she likes planes, but yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, we can ask her if she's been to the top of the Empire State Building. <laughs> then we'll know if it's heights or if she just, she's not here for not trusting Blaine's. That's all. Uh-huh. If y'all can see his face, my God. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm, I know I'm not alone, but okay. Oh, yeah. She got, she has your beat. But uh, clearly, <laughs> geez, I just thought about like, they ain't going to see me. <laughs> Skype me in to the Oscars, okay? <laughs> Yes, Skype me into the Oscars. Anyway. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, yeah, we have an awesome guest this week. You want to tell us a little bit about her? Ciao. I thought she was, like, coming in the door right now. I'm like, who are we talking about? <laughs> Wait. Oh not you thought I had somebody outside. <laughs> I'm like, we're not even live. Who is this? Well, come on in. Call me now. What a surprise but guest. I didn't know. I didn't know. But, um, <laughs> that, uh, uh, threw me off. But, uh, no, we have an amazing, amazing um, guest this week. Somebody I went to school with. I don't want to give too much away. I want you to listen to the interview. Um, you know, that's the end of it. Well, later on this episode. Um, I mean, all they need to know is her name. And, like, <laughs> hello? I'm like, I'm like you're I trying to think of a whole lot. And I'm like, <laughs> What's her name? What does she do? Like, her name is Elena. Mm-hmm. Um, she's, I don't know if she wants to say exactly. Well, she said it. She's a, a marketing executive. Mm-hmm. And um, we just talk all about being positive and like making the most uh, out of life. Yeah. yeah. So. It's, it's, a, it's a really it's good a conversation. Must listen. Absolutely. Absolutely. A must listen. I'm there. She's there. Raven's not. You gotta tune in. <laughs> you have to continue listening to the episode. Absolutely. But uh, <laughs> now we're going to get into something that Brandon will tell you I have been waiting for. When I tell y'all that this Negro sitting next to me has copious notes <laughs> in his phone that he wants to discuss on this particular topic. I have been waiting for weeks to talk about A Wrinkle in Time. Ooh. It finally premiered this past weekend. It did. And Brandon and I both saw it. We did. And Brandon will tell you, I was chomping at the bit for a, a oh goodness. Like I was going off because in my, well, I ended up being right. Like there, there have been a lot of negative reviews, a lot of people talking bad about the film. And my issue initially was that people were saying a lot of things about the film before it was even released. People were talking negatively, negatively about it, about not seeing it. And it became a thing where people were like 
pro Black Panther and anti-Wrinkle in Time. And it bothered me because I hate when people, not just when it comes to us as black people, but people in general, when they're not capable of patting their head and rubbing rubbing their stomach at the same time. And what I mean by that is, why is it that you can't support Ryan Coogler and Ava DuVernay at the same time, you know? And so that really bothered me and it started to rear its ugly head at the beginning of the weekend. So I was like, okay, I'm not going to be able to have much of a leg to stand on if I don't see the film myself so I can make sure that one, I'm supporting Ava and the rest of the cast like I said I would, but also so I could have a valid argument against my reasons for feeling the way I do with these people who have been tearing the movie down. You feel me? Mm Mm-hmm. So, um, <laughs> Brandon has pretty much said that he's going to give the floor to me and then he'll just step in and share what it is that he has to say. I mean, cause you've been saying you had a lot to say for a while. So I want you to be able to say all you have to say. I don't have much to, to add to the conversation. I don't think so. We're going to see. We're going to see. Okay. Okay. So I'm going to say how I feel. And then after sharing how I feel, you can come in and then, cause as you said, copious notes, mm-hmm. listen, copious notes i just showed him my list <laughs> Jesus, the notes are thorough so i'm literally going to read off of my notes because if i don't then <laughs> i'm gonna literally i have so many thoughts about this movie if i don't read off i'm going to be all over the place and i haven't shared my feelings with anyone including my best friend who i went to go see the movie with when he and i left out of the theater I was like, I can't say anything to you. You have to listen to the episode. And I've done a good job of not sharing one thought. The only thing I shared is that I told uh, when Brandon and I were talking, I said that pretty much Bellamy Young didn't need to be in the movie. because because <laughs> it really could have been anybody, any actress. They could have saved money. I'm sure Bellamy cost them a lot for that small cameo appearance. Love Bellamy. I love Melly uh, Grant. Love her to death. Yeah. But that particular line yeah <laughs> that was said in the movie not need to be Mel- melanie come on melanie? melanie yeah Jesus. <laughs> it ain't need to be hard damn it now maybe there was some stuff that was cut that we did not see yeah that always happened and i'm gonna get into that about because there there were cuts okay yeah um but but yeah and and what was something else that i'd shared I forgot something else that I shared. But me? uh, Oh, oh no, it was something else I shared. I wanted to say this. In case you all don't know, just like Black Panther, this is going to be spoilers. So letting you know now, in case you want to skip forward to Brandon's conversation with Art. If you want to skip forward to his conversation with Art, then you can go ahead and do that now. If you want to be a part of this conversation, just know this is going to be spoiler heavy. Heavy. Heavy, heavy. Was that your note? No, that wasn't a note at all. Oh, okay. No, that was no. <laughs> I was just asking. That was damn near spoken word. But um, but yeah. I mean, some singers nowadays sing like that. Listen, listen. Hmm. Well, we gonna leave says alone. Okay, so we're gonna go ahead and talk about a wrinkle in time. Okay. Okay. So <laughs> I almost want to do this live just so I can see Brandon's faces of what it is that I have to say. But uh, all right. <clears throat> so. You know when you got to prepare yourself. <laughs> I, I see. You know, repositioned and everything. Lord have mercy. <laughs> all right. So y'all bear with me because I'm about to read all this. Okay. So my overall thoughts, and I have this broken down from my overall thoughts to, I'm a lean on Brandon. Um, my overall thoughts about the movie to each character broken down into my, my final comments. So we're going to start with my overall and then we'll go into the characters. Okay. So my overall thoughts on A Wrinkle in Time. I didn't like the movie. 
and that saddened me. I went hard for the film and took serious issue with people who spoke ill of it before it premiered in theaters. I wanted to support a film by a black woman with a black girl as a protagonist. Once I saw the film, it let me down deeply. The film felt sadly uninspired and all over the place. Like literally, all over the place. It felt like a much longer movie shortened to be something it shouldn't be. I heard they cut out two hours of the film. They needed to keep at least one of those hours. The pacing was completely off. They had whole scenes that went totally unexplained. Most of the scenes made no sense at all. I took issue with the movie's reviews because I didn't see one review where anyone liked it. After seeing the film, all of their reviews made sense to me. Okay, so before I get into the characters, did you have anything to add to that part? Oh, Jesus. <laughs> I knew I was going to catch Brandon off guard. I did a really good job. I had a really good poker face of not letting it be known that I didn't like the movie. So I knew that was going to catch him off guard because he'll tell you I went hard for supporting you Ava did. a lot. <laughs> I remember the, when we were talking about it um, about a month or so ago, I was like, yeah, I'm not going. And you were like, why are you not going? I'm Listen. Like, I saw the trailer. I was not interested. I'm not going to see the movie. Love. <laughs> Love Ava, she's gonna miss me this time. And then, literally, like a week ago, two weeks ago, mm -hmm. I saw a TV spot. I was like, okay, I'm gonna go. Yeah. I can't remember what hell, what what was even said in the TV spot wasn't even in the movie. And I right. was seeing tweets about that. Mm -hmm. Like, stuff in the trailers yeah. is not in the movie, movie at all. Yep. So, I, in, I actually enjoyed the movie, mm -hmm. but I feel like the movies, which some people have been saying also, it, the movie is for children, I feel like. I don't think this for adults at all. I don't think that... I guess there are some things, and so, you know, the overall themes and concepts, of course, you can get or whatever, but the movie is not to be for adults at all, I don't think. I think it's clearly for children. Okay, stop, because you're, you're jumping ahead to my, my ending conclusion. Oh, <laughs> my man. I was sitting here before we, uh, before we started <laughs> recording. I was like, I hope he doesn't say anything that leads into anything I say at the end. I was like, damn it. <laughs> My bad. You asked me to say what I had no, to say. No, I did. I did. <laughs> okay, so I'm going to get into each character. And if you have anything you want to say about the characters, absolutely. Um, but if you don't, you can be like, I don't got nothing to say about that bit. And then we keep moving. Okay. Um, so, first of all, we're going to get into Chris Pine. He deserved far more screen time as far as... He, he was far and away the best actor in the movie to me. I also found it strange that he had the nerve to want to leave Charles Wallace at the end of the movie and Meg didn't confront him on it in the end. That was a serious problem that just went under the rug. So that's pretty much all I had to say as far as Chris Pine. Um, I definitely felt like he stood out as far as his acting. I took issue with the acting across the board in the film. I felt like the large majority of the people phoned it in. And that that works toward me. <laughs> if y'all can see the way he's looking at me right Listen. now. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I do agree. I didn't say I do agree. I felt like it was very rushed. Mm -hmm. The movie was in general, especially the beginning. It was like kind of slow, and then we got wherever we went in listen, the universe. And listen. then it was like whoosh. I was like, oh okay, and then it was over. I was like, well, all right. But no, I feel like especially the three misses, yeah, should have all been somebody different. Okay, wait, because I got to talk about each character. But I'm just, <laughs> but that goes to the phoning and in. Yes. 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 Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, okay. So nothing about Chris though. Mm-mm. Okay. I mean, yeah, more screen time, but yeah, that's it. Okay. So with Gugu, uh, Gugu deserved more screen time as well. She pretty much just served as a prop in the story. She has no depth whatsoever. 
when they filmed she and Chris sharing their theory of the Tesseract, you didn't even get a true connection between the two of them. By the end, when Chris showed up and they embraced, I felt nothing for them. I was completely disconnected from their relationship altogether. It felt like more of a relationship between Storm Reed and Chris Pine, Meg and her father, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. than anything that was between Chris and Gugu. Yeah, because I don't think we saw too much of him, I guess, like, before he left, if that makes any sense. Like, we didn't really get to see... I mean, there were a few scenes, you know, with the family, but we didn't get to really build into why we need him to come back, other than right. Meg feels lonely without him. Right. Completely. So that makes sense. Um, okay, so the next is Storm. Okay, Storm, her acting disappointed me. And as a child actor, I don't really expect them to do acting acting acrobatics, even though many have in the past. There are a lot of child actors who bring it every time they're on screen. I didn't believe damn near anything she said. It felt like she phoned in the majority of the film. The only true time I felt anything from her was when she found Chris Pine. That scene actually did feel genuinely authentic to me. Uh, none of her journey of self-love or even her fight for Charles Wallace felt real to me. All I kept hearing, the positive out of all of the negative reviews that I've heard, one positive that I did hear was people kept kept talking about how they thought her journey of self-love was beautiful. I felt nothing. And I wanted to because I loved hearing about how her learning to love her hair and everything about her was really going to shine in the movie. And when I saw it, I was like, I it felt like she got dragged along in this movie. Like, if she didn't have her co-stars, she would have literally just been sitting there. Huh? We're going to move right along. We're going to move right along? Okay. I don't, have, I, I don't normally, I guess, like to comment on child acting unless I really like it. So, I guess because I wasn't moved over the moon. Like, mm. I, I enjoyed it, but I don't... I feel like most child actors kind of give me that kind of a performance that makes any sense. Really? Listen, Haley Joel Osment in The Sixth Sense, like... A child can bring it. <laughs> they, can. they can. I feel like most though just kind of do just enough if that makes any sense. Yeah. Sweet. Like is who's next? I'm like Derek McCabe, the one who played Charles Wallace. Okay, I feel like he he brought it to me. Listen. So that's what I'm saying. So Come him, on. I would I would talk about, but her, I'd be like, I enjoyed it. Okay, <laughs> that that's very polite of you. I appreciate that. <laughs> okay, so Derek McCabe, who played Charles Wallace, he was my favorite thing about the entire movie. A lot of the reviews said that Ava put too much on him, but I disagree. I feel that for his age, he did great in all of his scenes. If he wasn't supposed to be a young queer boy of color, that's what I got from his character. He played that he was intelligent very well. And at the end, he acted out anger and dismissiveness better than pretty much anything Storm did in the entire film. If he wasn't in it, I probably would have honestly walked out of the theater. And I don't do walking out when I pay money. But <laughs> that's real. That's but no, what I definitely enjoyed him. Yeah, more than her. I feel like, yeah, like she was kind of in the backseat of her own movie. Like yeah. I don't feel like she really, I don't feel like she really saved the universe like they say. Yeah. I don't, and I don't want to say that's necessarily her fault. I think that's, like you're saying, we, something is missing from the movie. Right. So. Absolutely. Um... Yeah, he did it for me. He did it for me. And I really hope to see more from him in the future. Uh, but yeah, okay, so that's Derek. So the next person is Levi Miller, and he played Calvin. And I put Calvin had the potential to be a really important character. Instead, he felt shoehorned into the movie. He served very little purpose. Most Bro. of the scenes could have been without him, and you would have never even noticed. Listen, <laughs> he served zero purpose. <laughs> 
Like, because also, too, it was kind of weird to me because I'm like, one, how old is she? We're trying to give her, like, a love interest. That was, that part initially made me a little uncomfortable. <laughs> but then I was like, he goes in the, like, he did not have to go. He didn't. he didn't do nothing. Nothing. Like, they, nothing. they went, everything, he followed what she did or what, you know what I'm saying, Charles Wallace did. He did exactly what they said. He left when the dad left. Like, listen. When they were when they were in the the woods and she needed for them to get inside of the tree so they could be catapulted over it, she mm-hmm. could have done that by herself. Having to guide him was just extra work for her. When they were on the beach, that whole scene where Charles Wallace ended up being taken away from the guy with the red eyes. Yes. He did not have to be there. She could have ran after him by herself. <laughs> she was like, take my hand. And he said no and went with him. She could have ran after them. There, I can't think of a scene where he was necessary in that. I don't. The, when when they were flying on Reese Witherspoon and he fell off, the flowers reaching up to grab him could have been completely out. That boy, well, that wasn't necessary to have. So I'm like, what? Yeah, and what that po- could have just been her or Charles Wallace that fell. It listen, been. listen, <laughs> listen. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, I, we we missing something. Okay, this, this wasn't the. So then we have the witches. So uh, I'll go. You want me to just do all three? Or you want me to go? Okay, I'll do all three and then we can talk about them. Okay, Oprah, I felt like she was one long episode of Super Soul Sunday. She was uninspired all the way around. She was literally Oprah for that whole movie. Mindy Kaling is someone who I feel very sorry for. She had almost no lines in the film when all was said and done. She spoke in quotes and I felt like they could have done so much more with that character. Reese Witherspoon was my second favorite character in the entire movie. While, no, I'm sorry, was my second favorite act, character and actor in the movie. While Chris was my favorite actor and Derek was my favorite character, Reese comes second for both. She made me laugh several times and I appreciated that. The witches all felt like they, were, they weren't thought out properly, but at least with Mrs. Mrs. What's-It, she was the closest. She felt like she was almost fleshed out. Okay, so how do you feel about the witches? No, I completely agree. I feel like I'm, um, I think as you know, I'm the least familiar with Mindy Kaling. But I right. feel like this movie for everybody was a really big opportunity to see them kind of stro- grow and stretch or whatever. Right. And so for her, I was like, so we're just going to speak in quotes. And I haven't read the book, but I was like, so we're just going to speak in quotes and then that's it. And that's it. So that's Listen. all we're going to do. And like you said with Oprah, I was like, okay, girl, you're playing yourself. Like, yes. You should have literally been... I don't know who, right? But I would have, I wouldn't have cast any of them as as the yeah as the three. I would have switched all of them around. Yeah, honestly, to give Oprah range, I would have made her Mrs. What's It instead of Reese Witherspoon, because that was a character that needed range. That you needed to be playful. You know, I would have loved yeah. to see some good side eyes from Oprah. Like, yeah, I'm like that. It literally felt like that character was made for Oprah. You know, the fact that Absolutely. she was the larger one, she was the one who was the oldest of all of them. I'm like. This was this just did Ava literally just give this to you? Like, listen, here, this is you. She did, yes. Um, yeah, Mindy probably should have been uh, Oprah's character, yes. I would have been completely here for that. <laughs> I would have been then, completely here like, for that. Give Reese them small ass lines since y'all trying to have Miss Um, uh, which who, right? Wh- which Ms. one? Oh, well, if she takes Mindy's spot, yeah, she's Mrs. Who, yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> see me <laughs> like, no i completely agree with the way that we just did that so that's the way the witches should have been because reese would have brought far more character to mrs who than mindy did that's what i'm saying i feel like they none of them really 
hell, even though I feel like um, Reese's character was most fleshed out, I still feel like she was kind of phoning it in, too, if that makes any sense. I don't think she was necessarily challenged by this. No. So. No, she wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> I completely agree. <laughs> um, okay, so this is my ending point of it. And Okay, so the point of this movie is why I wanted to see it. The story of light against darkness is very important to me. It means a lot. It's how I live my life. So I defend the movie against all naysayers. To walk into that theater and to literally dislike the movie from start to finish says a lot. I don't know what Ava or anyone else on that set were thinking. And what I hope is, is that they don't ignore that many of the people disliked it. That can't be disnored. <laughs> Come on, new words. Dismissed, ignored, you combining words. Listen. <laughs> oh, that's a word for one of those universes they went to. Stop. <laughs> Far too many people of different backgrounds have all shared how uninspired this film is. That it feels like a bunch of clay just thrown at a wall. And that hurts to say because a movie with that budget with a little black girl as the lead deserves far, far more. I will always stand with Ava and Oprah, but I don't walk in lockstep. I don't I don't walk with lockstep with any human being. So I have to be honest when I say that this was a horrible movie. But please take your kids to see it. Little children absolutely should see this film. They won't see it and analyze it the way that we do. Little black girls need to see Meg's character or Storm's character as Meg. If you see this as a film that was quite literally made only for kids and not for the kid in you, it becomes a different movie. And when I say kids, I mean 10 years and younger. Then it will make a difference. Then it'll do its job. Either way, it's beautiful seeing Ava make history and for young black girls to have so many women who look like them in the number one and number two spot at the box office. Yeah, she like made a Disney movie. Yeah. That's that's literally what she did. It wasn't... Which sucks, because I, I don't think it was bad, but it's kind of like, you can go watch those other Disney movies that you grew up on, and you're like, okay, I still enjoy this. Yeah. I don't know if I'll rewatch A Wrinkle, but... I will never watch it again. And that's okay. <laughs> and that's okay. <laughs> now, I can say, because that was all you had about the film itself from what you saw. Yep. Okay. Another reason why I didn't initially want to see the movie uh-huh. was because I was like, okay, this is Ava... So I'm like, okay, my girl, we're going to do this movie. And I was like, why can't it be all black? Oh, and Jesus. she didn't do that. Now I respect Ava for being all inclusive and diverse because it is true. Like somebody has to be that person to help get other people there. Right. But I still wish it could have been all of us. So that was the reason why I was going to be angry with black people. Like the fact that I ended up despising the movie this was going to be a very different conversation. Mm-hmm. I was going to go off because of people feeling that way. Mm-hmm. And you know, I've had conversations with you where I'm like, so many black people, and I'm not saying you, but so many black people I know are no different from the white people they complain about, you know, where they, they wanted to be all black, but I'm like, but our whole thing is, is that we've been fighting so long for everything to be all inclusive. And then it gets to a point where it's all inclusive and you're just doing the exact same thing white people have always done. Like, why is it that it just can't be us? Why is it that you need to bring other people into it? Now we're doing the same thing. <clears throat> we have Black Panther. Panther is the number one movie in America. There's only two white people in it, you know? So I'm like, how beautiful is it that we get to have the number one movie? And this is my frame of thinking. My frame of thinking is for those of for those people out there who want to see an all-black cast do their thing, the number one movie in America for the past four weeks gives you that. So let's be awesome in the sense that the number two movie in America gets to be diverse as fuck, you know? 
And it's like, we're literally showing America at the box office right now. And I'm like, how awesome is it that we get to have that? If it was up to me, I'd be like, listen, the number three movie in America needs to be somebody who is Latino or his, <laughs> or Asian or like, I'm like, look, let's have America at the box office. Like this is, and, and I think that's why it bothered me that the movie did so bad, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, or was so bad. I'm sorry, not that it did so bad. I totally get why it did bad now. But um, but in, in the beginning, I thought it was going to do bad because the majority of black people didn't like that it was diverse. Yeah. And to me, I was like, that's a very 1962 way of thinking. It's like, there gets to be an interracial couple, you know? Like, I'm so excited. It's become such a norm now on television. Literally, what was this, only three, four years ago? About three, four years ago, Cheerios ended up having this huge... Uh, controversy about having an interracial couple in a commercial only four years ago it may have been even sooner than that but now i can't stop seeing interracial couples in commercials on tv mm-hmm. so just that fast you know so it's like it's amazing how slow yet quick society works but clearly we're still in a space where and i, I like and dislike this i like that we can't hide from the fact that black people are bigoted just like white people are, you know? I like that because to me, it's important for people to see that there's negativity all the way around. We can't blame just one people for something, you mm-hmm. know? Uh, well, slavery, of course. But <laughs> but it's like, as far as it goes with, if as far as it goes with a certain way of thinking, that's enjoyed by a range of people, you know? And not just black and white. Mm-hmm. There are lots of Asian people. There are a lot of lots of Latin people who also feel like it's about them, you know? So the conversation that I feel like needs to take place is one where we can understand that there needs to be space for everyone while still being able to celebrate you, you know? So for people who only want to see just black with each other all the time, it's like, well, we have to understand that diversity is a thing, you know? So, and same thing with white people. It's like, listen, you've seen yourself on the big screen since film began you know <laughs> so you have to understand that that's not the way it's going to be anymore you know so my, my thing is is that i don't need for there to no longer be movies where there's just white people by all means give me an all-white cast you know but while you're at it give me an all-black cast and then give me one that's diverse so there there's enough room for there to be everybody i don't want films to fail because people if you're able to go see a movie with an all-white cast with the exception of uh, Old Dude and Devil Wears Prada. It was pretty much all white, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm like, if you're able to go see that, then why is it that Wrinkle in Time has to, you know, has to be judged because it has a diverse audience? I mean, a diverse cast. You're totally fine with seeing all white people, but then once it becomes black and white and Filipino and uh, Indian, then it's a problem. You know, the thing that was so beautiful about the movie, uh, the only thing, um, was that it was... It showed the world. And I'll I'll always be very appreciative for Ava of making this film one where no matter what race you are, you'll see yourself in this movie. And I'll always appreciate her for that. Like, you know, I'm looking and I'm like, the major continents are all represented. Like, but, and, and that's why it bothers me that it ended up being a movie that I can't go to see or I wouldn't even want to look at on Blu-ray or Netflix. Like, I never want to see that movie ever again. Um, but if I had kids who were under 10, I can't stress that enough. Once it gets to 11, the opinion becomes a little bit stronger, but, um, but 10 and below where they just want to, you know, see a movie and they're like, oh, yay, then give that to them. But yeah, but I, I definitely understand where you're coming from. Um, for people who want to get their, 
uh, they're black on. You got Wakanda right now, and Ava ain't coming nowhere near it. <laughs> so you can you can get black and Mbaku and in a courier and every all of that all day long, all day long. If you're like I'm not I'm not really feeling the whole mixture of the races, then Wakanda. Because you, you get to hear people called colonizers and everything in that film. So. <laughs> Black, Black, <laughs> Black Panther is a, a, a quote-unquote woke person's wet dream. Absolutely. Ooh. And you know I had to use my quote-unquote because you and I are not going to get into this conversation about these faux woke people. But yeah. A.K.A. the sleepwalkers. But yeah. I'm not going to do this with you. <laughs> but no, I'm just thinking. I was listening to you and I'm like... Maybe part of it too is I'm like maybe because this is Ava's like biggest film and this is like her first like sci-fi fantasy thing, and so maybe I'm like okay so we can be diverse on the next one like let's let the first one be all black if that makes any sense like. <laughs> but but my, my thing is oh. is that look at how it ended up where she said no to Black Panther, and she, I thank God every day. Listen, of my life. listen, that movie would not have lo- and Brandon and I have talked about that. Did we talk about it on the podcast? Yeah. <laughs> he said it would have been one fight scene, but that was—I mean—but again, when she was in the talks, now I didn't think it—I didn't think it would be a bad movie at all, right? But it would have well, it wouldn't have been the movie it is. It would have been a bad superhero movie. Yes, yes. <laughs> it wouldn't have been a bad film. No, no. Let, let's be clear: if Black Panther was wasn't an action movie, that shit will be nominated for an Oscar next year. Let's be real clear. Ava can do black and revolutionary real well. Real well. She would have worn that movie out if it wasn't action. Once it became a Marvel action film, no. Listen, Listen if it was Black Panther and we're talking about Huey Newton, that would have been a totally you. different film. But that's what I'm thinking too, because it's like, even with this, Ava is the the quiet, live in the small moments. Yes. So Which is why Queen Sugar do, is so good. So yeah. even her trying to do a, a sci-fi fantasy movie. It's not going to work. It's just not her lane. It's not. It's just not. It's not. And then trying to add in all these elements that you don't ever fully flesh out. So it's like. That's the reason why I'm saying it felt like it was phoned in. It felt like Ava decided against Black Panther. Then when she saw what she could do with A Wrinkle in Time, she got excited. And then once she got in it, she was like, well, I can't do what I wanted to do with this movie. So we're just going to make this for a five-year-old and keep it pushing. Because I'm sitting there and I'm just like, with how complex Ava is and how detailed she gets with Queen Sugar... Listen, I watched this movie and I didn't even see any, I didn't see Ava in this movie, you know? I'm looking at it and all of the things that I talked to you about when it comes to her and her direction and cinematography was not in this movie. So I didn't even see Ava. I was watching this film and I was like, where are you in this movie? Where are all of the, the your calling cards? Storm, little black girl with glasses. No. <laughs> I'm just saying. No. <laughs> That was Ava. Okay, I don't know what she... <laughs> but no, that's true. It is very different from anything else she has ever done. And, and that should be a positive. It should show her range. Instead, it literally felt like she went back into her office and told some 12-year-old, you go and sit in my chair and say action. Like you. Go. That's what it felt like. This felt so amazingly uninspired. <laughs> it, it just felt like she was like, all right, listen... I'm going to lunch with the three witches wow. and we're going to talk about some stuff and think about the Super Soul Sunday with Opal we're going to be on. You go ahead and you film this 
And the, the, the little girl is just like, I don't know what I'm doing. And she's like, and that's fine. Because we're doing this for five-year-olds. So whatever it is that inspires you, you go with it. Because when I look at Storm and the way she portrays that character, it's as if a 12-year-old was telling her what to do. Listen. I will be looking forward to Ava's next project. I'm excited <laughs> for the next movie that she will give us. Mm, yes. Listen. Can I don't that, know what that's going to be yet. Can but, that movie yeah. come out next week? But anyway, I need for this to, I need to cleanse my palate. Listen. <laughs> you better go watch Queen Sugar. That, just, listen. I'm watching both seasons. Because I need to remember my love of Ava. Go watch Middle of Nowhere. Come on. Uh, 13th. follow. And I never saw 13th. You never saw 13th? Yes, oh, 13th no, was so... Fine. Listen. It's fine. When she's in her wheelhouse, she's it's on it. It's fine. Come on. I trust you. Maybe what we're learning is that <laughs> Ava needs to be the director that you wanted her to be. Maybe Ava does need all black cast. <laughs> Maybe there's a comfort she feels in that. Because, <laughs> baby, when I say that she decided she was... She went she went Hollywood and Hollywood didn't work for her. And I've I've read reviews from some people who were like, what she excels when it comes to being more indie. And maybe that's where she should be, you know? But Selma wasn't that indie though. Selma was a pretty big movie, but I guess because it was still, you know, black power and the movement yes. civil rights. Yeah. So her, her yeah. lane. Exactly. So. so okay, it was it was mainstream, but it wasn't big budget. Mm-hmm. So that's the thing. She can do mainstream, but big budget isn't really far. So if she's going to do Disney, then she needs to do something like Queen of Cotway. That is Ava, you know. Mm-hmm. That Wrinkle in Time, Black Panther. Listen, <laughs> we need to know what works for us. <laughs> we need. But it's, I also too. I guess you don't know till you till you know till you do it. This so. is true. I was I was about to say that you make a very valid point. Now that it's happened, and that's why when I was giving my rundown, I said but, she can't deny the fact that they're so black, white, Indian. Like there are so many people doing reviews where like this movie sucked that you can't ignore. You have to pay attention to both the good and the bad. Yeah, you know you got to pay attention to the people who are like I really my kids really enjoyed this film while also because when they did my, my only reason for stressing that. Is because she and Oprah did commercials where they said, go see this for the kid in you and your kids as well. Mm-hmm. So they wanted everyone to see it. So she has to be able to look at this and say, okay, this played for the kids, but this didn't play for the kid in you. So I need to keep that in mind when going forward. Well, maybe to some people, I feel like the kid in you and the kid is the same thing. What you mean? Like, maybe they feel like the kid in you is also the kid that you're taking. So, it's synonymous. Like, it's still a kid. So, whether it's the kid in you or the kid <laughs> you literally are, like, taking with you, it's still the kid. But it's a different thing for you to take your kid and then you fall asleep and the kid still enjoys it than for you to go and for you to be like, listen. Hey, when your parents do that cartoon cartoon movies all over. But you don't feel movies. like your mo- you don't feel like your money is wasted as long as your child enjoys it. If you're going to see exactly. it by yourself and it's like, listen. That is correct. I never... I definitely wish I felt like I had some like nieces, nephews, somebody to take with Come me. Come on. So, yeah. All of my nieces and nephews are too old now. And my, I went with my grandmother and my aunt and they both were like, yeah, that one wasn't, <laughs> wasn't for me. <laughs> they were like, we should have went to see Black Panther instead. I was like, y'all said y'all want to see Wrinkle. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I was going to say something else. Dang it, I forgot what I was going to say. Oh no. Oh. Well, I mean, you know, if you think about it, you can bring it back up again after the interview is over and we come back for good news. You want to do that? 
Okay, so we're gonna go ahead and <laughs> take you into this awesome interview with BHW and Art, and we'll be back with good news. Okay, you guys, so thank you all for still listening and for tuning in this week. This week I have Elena R. Tyson. I'm only saying, you know, her middle initial because it fits into who she is. Um, she is a, a blog writer or blogger. <clears throat> I feel like she's very intelligent, very funny, very fun-loving, um, always pretty. Well, not pretty honest. She's always honest or in a direct kind of a way, which works with her doing her blogs. I want everybody to welcome Elena Tyson to the Healing Space Podcast. Hey! Hey, hey! Okay. I'm, I'm doing fine. How are you? I'm well. I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> well, good, good. See, I should be ready to, like, dive right in. I'll be forgetting to do all the pleasantries, you know, like, <laughs> hello, how are you? Let me, I'm going to work on that. I'm going to work on that. Because, like we said a little bit earlier, it's still a journey of progress, you know. He ain't done with you yet. <laughs> He's not. He got a lot more work to do. I'm one of his maybe hardest cases. So, we over here. <laughs> we pushing through. but yes but i guess kind of like staying on that with it being a journey and jokingly saying he's not through with me yet um you have a blog which is called uh let me not lie art undone blog i just want to call it the art blog but (laughs) art undone blog which is um well i guess i'll let you describe i don't want to describe it incorrectly So, Art Undone is a personal brand and blog um, that's based on progress, not perfection. Not perfection. Um, and essentially, through Art Undone, I share my thoughts, experiences, lessons, and ideas on everything from living, working, traveling, celebrating, and basically just through the eyes of someone who is just trying to figure this thing out we call life. Exactly. I absolutely, I absolutely love that. And I definitely love what you just said is that it's based on progression and not perfection. Just because, um, of course, with it being a blog, it technically counts as social media. But just that I feel like it, it's, it's so good, maybe, or refreshing to see somebody um, own up to, I guess, maybe the... And I say you make a lot of mistakes. Well, we all do, of course. But just own up to the, the shortcomings, I guess, that they have. As they're still progressing, if that makes any sense. Because yeah. like, what I no, go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh no, I said definitely continue. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, it's just that you know when reading your blog, or whatever it you like, will say you know I went through this particular circumstance, but this is the lesson that I've learned, and so I really appreciate that because at least for me, it's like okay, well, I had a situation kind of similar to that, but this is something maybe that's what I should have taken away from it, or maybe I should have you know kind of reframed it differently. Because um, I do think that definitely um, admitting our, our mistakes and our flaws and embracing them, at least to an extent, the ones that we can, because um, I think it's different to say, you know, like, I'm not into sports, mm-hmm. but to say, you know, that I can't do anything physical to try to stay fit, if that makes any sense. That's more of an excuse than a, like, me not trying to fix that kind of a thing. So do you think that by admitting and embracing those particular flaws that we make ourselves better? Um, definitely, you know, even the word undone, it's a weird word and it makes me a little uncomfortable, um, still to this day when I'm like, are undone and I'm like, you know, pushing myself out there and honestly, are undone for me is kind of like a refuge where I can look at what I'm doing and find a positive in it. Mm -hmm. Um, and being able to do that is so important. Um, but also knowing that, 
you know, just because you're undone doesn't mean that you're still not a work of art or you're not a masterpiece. Um, and then coming to the realization that, you know, as we progress through life, you'll never get it all right. <laughs> There's never going to be a time <laughs> where everything is just going to be perfect. I mean, it's kind of unrealistic to think that. And, you know, my experiences with, like, my grandmother and even my, like, 89-year-old grandmother, like, she still has stuff to work on. And instead <laughs> of looking at that as uh, a bad thing, you mm-hmm. kind of embrace it and say, okay, this is what I can handle. This is what I can fix. This is what I'm okay with not working on just yet. Um, but I'm still worthy. I'm still a masterpiece. I'm still figuring it out. Um, and my biggest um, kind of inspiration behind that was just thinking of, like, most of the priceless masterpieces you see in the museums, they're, like, rarely finished. Mm-hmm. They always have flaws. They're they are usually undone, but they're still a masterpiece. So just embracing that, I think, is so important. Um, and I just wanted to be truthful with myself and kind of put it out there, even, even when it's kind of uncomfortable. Yeah, I definitely think that's good because I think, um, at least for me with the writing, you know, they say that to, to put a lot of your own, your own life or your own experience, at least until your your first project, because that really kind of like is your calling card and gets you out there. But it's like to go into those places that make you uncomfortable or to tap into that specificity of your experiences or your circumstances is really what speaks to somebody else. As weird as that is, because people try to think, you know, if you try to maybe sugarcoat things, try to keep things lighter or not to go into maybe the places that people don't want to go into, that that would kind of be what everybody, I guess, draws everybody in but no i think and i think that's why i like your blog so much is just that you say and you don't tell all of your business which is understandable but (laughs) you know what's saying you know that i went through this particular circumstance um like for example i'll I'll bring up this one where you were you fell into the ball the phone pit (laughs) as sky zone the pits of hell (laughs) (laughs) yes exactly and so, and, and while that's not, you know, the worst thing um, ever, not to, you know, make light of your situation at no, all. No, you're fine. <laughs> but, you know, <laughs> but it's like, you know, I fell and then you were like, you know, panicking and doing everything else. But you share that because there's a deeper lesson there. You were like, you know, you had to like, just take a minute, catch your breath and be like, okay, I can get out of this. I know how to, how to do this kind of a thing. Like, this is a, a different obstacle but i still know how to get through obstacles if you get what i'm saying yeah definitely um, yeah but, no you go ahead um no i just say definitely i always try to like i like telling stuff in stories or metaphors that like mm-hmm. so even though i'm like really reading myself to feel <laughs> it's still, still kind of relatable you know where i'm not just like girl this is horrible where it's like okay well this is this can still be kind of universal where you can still get something out of it without me being so specific where you're just like, okay, what am I, what am I supposed to get from this? Because, you know, you could have wrote that in a journal. I try to make it a little bit more <laughs> like, you know, where more people can relate to it at least. Exactly. That makes sense. There's nothing wrong with it being entertaining, but still getting your point across or a little bit of, you know, self-deprecating humor, which yeah. is something we all, <laughs> you know, enjoy from time to time. Yeah, that story was real, though. Like, no, that wasn't. All my stories are real. <laughs> <laughs> no, I believe you. I mean, that sounds like something real. You know, you go to the sky zone. You're, like, all in it. And then, you know, you jump, and you're like, okay, I'm supposed to come up now. Like, <laughs> Right. Oh, I was shook. Shook. 
Yeah, because you were you were like starting to sweat. Your silk press was coming undone. Yes, you know. Oh my gosh, my brothers were just gone. I was all by myself. That, <laughs> the employee was looking at me like, "No, girl, this no, no, I'm not about." <laughs> no, and I'm sure that was one of those things was no more than just like a couple minutes. But in it, you feel like you went over there for like thirty minutes to an hour. Like really, like nobody sees me, and all hey. this time nobody has come over here. To get me, pick me up, nothing. <laughs> but no, I really do like, too, though, back what you were saying, um, about feeling like, you know, we're all masterpieces and we all are undone. Because it really goes to, again, that we're all progressing, as you were saying, and that there's still stuff to be worked on, still stuff to learn, still stuff to, or ways to challenge ourselves. Because I think that um, so many people, and I've been guilty of this at times, you know, I get to a place of complacency. And for some, it's like, you know, everything is perfect. Well, not necessarily perfect, but everything is where I want it to be, so I'm not going to change anything. And others can be like, I don't necessarily know how to change anything or how to, I guess, fix it. So what would you, would you have any advice or anything to say to either one of those two groups? Um, so to the ones who just kind of get comfortable, it, it's just honestly being truthful with yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, and I tell my friends all the time, like, any choice you make has some consequences consequences and benefits. Like, you have to decide what you're willing to deal with. Um, and that's just, like, with change in general. Uh, I realize that even, like, changing some of my behaviors or habits, I'm mm-hmm. not going to get everything 100%. Like, I have to choose my battles. So deciding, you know, what you want to work on and then what you'll come back to and being okay with that, you know, prioritizing and being okay with your decision um, is a part of it. But the core of all of that, you know, even being complacent is being truthful with yourself Mm -hmm. and being real honest with yourself. You know, that little thought in your head, you have it in your head, it's in the back of your head, but you never like fully think it because you're like, if I fully think (laughs) it, I'm going to have to actually deal with it. Yes, it'll be real. Yes. (laughs) Yes. So instead you kind of just push it to the back a little bit and you're like, okay, so I'm just not going to really say this, but you know, I know it's there. I'm going to come back. So it's like describing what you you want to deal with um, and then making a plan. And another part of being truthful is finding your why. Why do you feel this way and why do you want to change it? Um, yes. I, I recently made a decision about, you know, um, some stuff I want to do in my future. And I really had to take a hard look at why. Like, why do I want this? Do I want this because it sounds good and it's, like, normally expected? Or do I want this for some real concrete reasons? Because if you don't have a real strong why, you don't move Mm -hmm. in a real strong way. Because you don't have that motivation behind it. You kind of, you might almost be on autopilot. You might do the bare minimum, but you're not really putting your heart into it because your heart doesn't know why you want to do this. You know what I mean? So you kind of have figure out why. And then for the people who don't, who feel like, okay, I want to do this, um, but I don't know how, I feel like a lot of times we always think in really big ways. Like, we feel like if we can't do something 100%, then I ain't going to do it at all because it's not going to be enough. But all you have to do is make one step forward um, Mm -hmm. in what you want. And you may fail, and you may not get it right, but continue to make those step forward. And what you'll learn is you learned a lesson from that. Say I... um, I want to just I'll, say I wanted to lose weight or something like that, right? And mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, I want to lose weight, but I don't really know how. It's just so much I want to do. 
I want to look like Beyonce. I don't want to look like Beyonce, but I'm just saying, and you know. No, I hear what you're saying. And, <laughs> and it's like that whole idea of me trying to look like Beyonce as a plus size girl woman. It's overwhelming. It's like, mm-hmm. how the hell am I going to look like Beyonce? But, you know, five pounds doesn't sound that hard. Ten pounds doesn't sound that hard. After you, you know, reach those little incremental goals. So I would mm-hmm. say to people who want to change, you should have, you know, your your goal in mind. Break, break it down and, you know, figure out what you can do and be truthful with yourself. I know I can't run five miles to start off with. But maybe I can run a half a mile, you know what I'm saying, and just take yes. it in increments and break it down. And what you realize is instead of always, like, I have this really bad problem where I will think for reasons why not to do it. And mm-hmm. then when I just go ahead and do it, I feel so much better. <laughs> it's like, okay, I did it. I, <laughs> like, I should have just started doing it because when you're doing it, then you think a little, you think about it a little more. You're like, okay, this is working, this is working, this is working. But then, like, me, I'll go to, like, for instance, I set up my little desk or whatever. I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to, like, study at my desk and da-da-da. And I got all the stuff to do it and the tools, mm-hmm. but, like, I didn't just do it. It was just, like, I was just move, maneuvering ways around what I actually should have been doing, you know? So, there's, oh, like, a couple of different things you can do. But I would say the biggest thing is, like, break it down in chunks instead of just trying to, you know, have this overarching goal without, like, little steps. That also means that you can celebrate your wins. Even mm-hmm. if it's a small win, then that gives you motiva- motivation to keep on going instead of being like, I'm not there yet. I'm not Beyonce. You're like, oh, snap, five pounds. Oh, snap, ten. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, so then it's incremental, and then you're you're feeling better about yourself, and you're not beating yourself up on the way. Instead, you're celebrating yourself. So when you do reach your goal, you're like, you know, the journey was good. The journey wasn't like, you know, you weren't in, you weren't hounding yourself. You were kind of celebrating yourself. So with uh, your blog, you definitely, you know, talk about different things in your own life experiences. And so one of those particular things is uh, setting yourself up for failure was one of the stories that, or one of the blog posts that you put up. And so kind of how, because you're a more, not a morning person, and neither am I. And so, you know, setting multiple alarms, and just kind of like you struggle with that. And so what you were saying was, are we setting ourselves up for success or are we voluntarily building this bridge to our next excuse? And I thought that was really good because it's like, you know, we'll set the alarm. So we have to be up at a certain time, but we have four alarms set up over like an hour, or hour and a half. But then it's like, so what time do we really need to beat up? So because why do we have so many different alarms to kind of prepare ourselves? We could have just gotten up either at the first one or that last one kind of a thing. Yeah, definitely. Um, it's still a struggle, um, <laughs> but I am working on it. And it's just the fact that, you know, in life, we do stuff almost subconsciously just mm-hmm. to have a plan B. To have a plan B, C, or D. Um, and we already know that we're not going to follow through with what we're supposed to do because we already got plan B, D, and C. So we're already <laughs> setting ourselves up for failure. Um, and that's the real thing. But for instance, if you know you got to get on a flight, you ain't setting four or five alarms. You're setting that one alarm and you know you're going to wake <laughs> up because you're not exactly. about to pay for a whole new plane ticket. Because like, me, I just, I just want to go to sleep because I know me. I know I'm not a morning person because I've had to like leave before to go to the airport, like maybe four for like a six or six something flight because either to drive and then you're supposed to be there like two hours early or whatever. So no, I just don't. Oh, 
totally scared for that particular thing. So yes, <laughs> I'm with you because it also we're not holding ourselves accountable, kind of a thing. So basically, um, you know what? Setting the alarm clocks is again just setting another. It, it's creating another excuse for ourselves, like with the multiple ones, because like you need to get up. Basically, we need to get up, and this is bigger than just you know alarm clocks, but excuses in general, like we're saying. Um, you just create, you know, the the excuses for later on that you're going to have kind of a thing. Yes. And so you don't really hold yourself accountable. Yeah, that's a real thing. It's just like you say, okay, I'm going to the gym tonight, right? And you go mm-hmm. eat Zaxby's and you get a chicken platter plate. You're not going to the gym after eating that. You know you're not <laughs> going to the gym after eating that. And you like... Are you going right to sleep? Yeah, you're like, Zaxby's is right there. It's closed. I'll take an hour break and then I'll go, no, you're not. You're lying to yourself. Like you're setting yourself <laughs> up for failure. So it's just be holding yourself accountable and figuring out, you know, what you need to do to, to do what you need to do. Like you have to figure out what needs to be done and not continue to have all these contingency plans on failure. Cause if you're already planning on failing, then you're going to probably fail. So yeah. Exactly. You can't go into it with that. Like you're saying the attitude that like, Okay, playing A through B won't like A through C won't work. But you know, I'm all the way down here at H, and this one right here is the one. Like that's when I finally gonna kick it into gear. Yeah, it just so, won't. Definitely, it's just like they say, like in a lot of articles, like if you set an alarm, as soon as you set your alarm, don't get on your phone and get on so. All it's gonna do is make you sleepy. You gonna go back to sleep. Jump out your bed, get in the shower. Don't waste any time. <laughs> that way, you're not setting yourself up for failure. Because I know if I wake up in the morning and look at Instagram or something and see some trash that's going on in the news, I'll be like, ah, I need a break, and let me go back to sleep for five minutes, and then I'm not going to get up. <laughs> so you got to hold yourself accountable. Um, but another thing with that is also being true with yourself. Like, if you know you're not a morning person, and you know deep down within you don't want to be a morning person, it just sounds good, then you need to plan accordingly. Like, does that mean you're staying up later? Does that mean you're on a stricter schedule during the day? Um, and also finding out when you're the most productive. Some people are really productive yes. in the morning. Um, some other people are not. So it's just kind of figuring that out for yourself. Exactly. And I think, too, like you're saying, that's the, the secret is figuring out when you're most productive. Because I've learned that me, I'm most productive, you know, like in the evening. I can do stuff during the day, of course. Um, but I'm like at my, or even my most creative or my most like into the zone in the middle of the night for whatever reason. So that means, you know, that I'm going to be staying up late sometimes and then I might not get as much sleep in the morning but I know that it's easier for me or at least better and more productive for me to just stay up later than to try to get up earlier because so many times like it took me forever to try to learn this lesson at least with school and stuff like okay well I'm gonna go to sleep now because I'm tired and then I'll get up a couple hours before to try to finish this assignment or do whatever no that hardly ever worked like I'm already up now working on it let me just push through so that way I don't get up in the morning and then, because I won't get up when I say I'm supposed to. I'll still probably get up at my normal time or just a little bit before. And then that's not enough time to finish what I have to finish. So then I'm, I've already given myself an excuse or put myself behind because I just don't want to push through yeah. immediately. Definitely. And that also means like knowing your truth. And I know I cannot be at a job and <laughs> be clocking in. Like, you want me to be what, where, when time? 
eight o'clock in the morning, that is a resounding no. Like it's not going like I can see, you know, maybe once I had to be at a, a commercial shoot at like seven AM like this week sometime. Now that mm-hmm. was a one time thing, but I don't have to clock in and do that because I know myself. Like I know that like I just that is just not me. Like to be up that early. Now if it's for an event or something, I'm coming earlier. But just in general, that's just not my truth to be, you know, Elena clocks in at 8 o'clock every morning, you know. Depending on the paycheck, you know, I might be doing my way. Yes, we we come up a little bit, you know, okay, well, I'm making this now. Let me, you know. I might have a little bit more pep in my step, but uh, (laughs) usually it's a little bit more Okay, well, if I know I'm going to get in at this time, I'm going to stay until this time and make sure that, you know, I'm not slipping because my work is A1. But, you know, just to tell them, no. (laughs) (laughs) But no, that's true, too. Like, sometimes, you know, I might be a little bit late to work. I'll just make up for that on the back end. So that means, like, not taking a break or something or, you know, like, working through lunch or even just staying over later. So I still have, quote, unquote, given them the time I was supposed to give them for the day, if that makes any sense. Or so I'm still where I'm supposed to be or I've done what I'm supposed to have done. For the day, it all still gets done. I just might have showed up just a little bit later, you know, just fashionably late, you know, you know, just a little, <laughs> just a little bit, just a little bit, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so uh, we kind of touched on this, but not really. So um, again, staying on the line with like failures. So um, I, on your blog, I, there was a post. I can't remember specifically which one. There might have been more than one actually, but talking about like timeouts and resets. And so I think this is, again, it's like being truthful with yourself because so many people don't like to admit that they have failed or that they might need a break. So when that happens to you, like, and this could be, again, a reset, like, is a re- maybe like recalculating how you're going to do things or approach things. Um, just like when that happens or when that has happened, how do you handle it? Or what do you, like, what is, I guess, your next step? Um, I... It's funny you say that. I'm literally, like, I have a blog in the queue right now about, like, alignment. But I haven't even, like, put out yet. But um, I'm learning, you know, because mm-hmm. what happens is that with failures, there's, there are two things you can do. You can just ignore the failure happened or put it in the back of your mind and not learn something from it or learn something from it and go back to the drawing board and make a better plan for it. So that's usually what I try to do um, is make a better plan for my failures. I embrace my failures. Um, It's hard to do, and I had to learn how to do it and be like, okay, I failed at this. It is Mm -hmm. okay to say I failed at this. And I don't need you to say you're not a failure. No, I actually did fail at this, but this is what I learned from it. Mm -hmm. Um, And then from that point on, just deciding, you know, my new plan on how I'm going to fix it. Um, Because some of I'll be honest, I'm dealing with something now where I realized that what I was doing, like my plan wasn't working. Mm-hmm. And I just kept on restarting the plan over and over again. And yeah, point, yes. I'm like, I need a hard reset. So think about it like this. You know when you're on your computer, right? I'm just about mm-hmm. to do this blog. <laughs> you know when you're <laughs> on, this, on your computer and you have mm-hmm. multiple tabs open, you've been working for hours and hours and hours. And you just going, and you see your computer start to glitch a little bit, and you're like, no, 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 we're fine. I'll delete some <laughs> of the tabs that I don't need. I'm going to leave all the rest of these open. We're going to push through. And either two things happen. Either your computer starts slowing down so much that you have to restart, 
or it forces a reset on its own and you're just like okay this sucks but when it shuts down it upgrades so you not only come to an upgraded <laughs> computer you also come to a computer that works better than it did before with a clear slate and yeah. that way you can, you can prioritize yourself better because you don't have all those other things in the background you have a complete clean slate and right now I'm going through like a hard upgrade reset so that's kind of how I look at failure you better just yes <laughs> yes damn it now but I think that's so true because um just so many times people don't, I think people don't even like to admit that they failed and I, I'm guilty of this so I won't even say people I me mean, I'm guilty of not wanting to admit that a particular thing failed because I can say instead of it being just that particular thing failed and it's like okay i'm a failure it's like that one mistake or that one thing that didn't go the way i wanted it or happened you know when it was when i felt like it should have happened you know because it didn't then it's like okay well now i'm failed at like everything and i might go into a mood like you know everything bad like the dinner didn't turn out right like the bill was late that i had to pay like it's like okay that had nothing to do with (laughs) this thing over here that didn't happen on time you know because like you're saying, too, it might just be... Sometimes there's a delay in what has to come because we might not be ready for it yet. Or, like, we might not have upgraded our thinking or elevated ourselves yeah. to get that thing that we want or that we, you know... Sometimes we think that we need it or feel like we need it, but it's really a want. And not to say that it being a want is wrong. It just might not be the time for it yet. Yeah. So, yeah, and again, just... Yes, for the computer upgrade, you better. Yes. But- you know, it's just failure to me is just basically, I just failed to learn a lesson. And now I got to do this whole thing over again because I just, I just failed to learn a lesson. I'm not a failure. Nobody's mm-hmm. necessarily a failure unless you want that to really be your truth. And what does a failure even mean, essentially? You know, like, we, exactly. can, we can go there, but we won't. <laughs> but, you know, failure happens to everybody. You're not always going to get it right. The thing about your journey is you need certain tools for your journey. Mm-hmm. And your journey is personalized to you. So that failure might have helped you pick up a tool or a jewel you didn't have in your toolbox that you need for your journey. And it may come super later, but, you know, you never know. So don't take those failures as something bad because perfect example, when I graduated I went to Spain, and then I thought I was going to come back and just have a job. I was like, mm-hmm. I'm, a, I'm Elena. Like, I'm going to have a job. <laughs> like, what you mean? Like, I'm great. I did all this stuff. Like, and I applied for positions. I applied for positions. No, I, you didn't get it. Blah, 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 blah. Those are failures in my head. I'm like, I'm a failure. I suck. All these people are doing good. I'm not. Like, what the hell is going on? Like, I just, I don't get it. What I did learn was to turn that failure into success because what happened was I created this um, this like campaigns called Everything's Art which mm-hmm. um, are, are now my artifacts which are like daily quotes and you know bi-weekly quotes and stuff like that I created that from my failure because I was like I'm going to do something mm-hmm. and that's eventually you know two three years later now I have a full blog from failure to accomplish something that I thought would come to me so easily so you don't have to live in that failure. You can make, you can learn a lesson and do something else with it. It's fully possible. You just have to use your brain and the tools that you have to do that. Absolutely. I definitely think a big part of it is like our thinking. 
is like how we choose to look at the the situation, how we choose to be like honest with ourselves, and then how we choose to say, okay, this is what I'm going to do next. Because it is very easy to you know look at something, you know, I failed at that, and that means I'm a failure. Well, no, it's just I failed at that, and so now let me approach it differently, or now let me step back and reevaluate. Because like you were saying too, like trying something the same way multiple times, you know, and it's still and it never works out. Well, clearly that's not the way you're supposed to be trying that, or clearly that's not the thing you should be trying for yeah so and then the truth of maybe this just ain't for you and you had to learn the hard way like there's this most like there's just some stuff that's not for you and that's okay at least you know it now compared to knowing it down the road and you didn't change your whole life and you didn't exactly or you could have i was saying you could have gotten into whatever that thing was and then realized well wait like this isn't really (laughs) <laughs> wait wait can i go back nope nope you can't you can't get that <laughs> exactly well, i can't start over and maybe go down a different path no not quite but you can <laughs> but that's the thing too is that even if you go down that wrong path there's still is hope because you can still find a way out of that you can that's still right. navigate that into whatever your happiness or will be exactly and, and um so, kind of going along with that, I don't know which question I want to ask next. Because um, <laughs> I feel like both kind of, they all tie in together. So, there was a quote um, on your blog. I can't remember exactly where um, now. But it was like, joy is my drug of, my drug, uh, my choice, goodness, look at my, joy <laughs> is my drug of choice. I choose to overdose. So, what exactly does that mean to you? That means... To me, I read this book. It's called The Life-Changing Magic of Not Giving a F. And it's essentially mm-hmm. all under the premise of picking joy over annoy. And picking annoy is like those variable annoys, not like fixed annoys like your family and stuff like that, like you have to deal with overall. But um, just choosing to be joyful and be happy and live my best life. I know everybody says that now, mm-hmm. but I really mean it like, I, every decision I make is to essentially sooner or later live my best life, making the best choice possible to live the best life possible. Um, and I want to overdose on that. Like when, you know, I hope to live way, you know, be old, golden girl's age, all that other kind of stuff. <laughs> I want to really say that I live my best life. I made the best decisions out of the circumstances I was given. That doesn't mean I have the best circumstances. That doesn't mean I have near the best circumstances at all. But that Mm -hmm. means that I choose to to pick joy over, you know, all that other stuff. So that's just my choice. I know a lot of other people are like, I'd rather just be neutral in life, you know. I don't want to be too happy. I don't want to be too sad. I don't want to be, you know, two of anything. Well, Elena wants to be too happy because, but I want to be genuinely too happy. I'm not putting mm-hmm. on the show for anybody. This is just me choosing to live my best life. Um, and that's kind of what I meant by that. No, it's fine. But again, though, along the, with that, with the choosing, like you said, to be happy or choosing to be joyful or, you know, full of joy, um, there definitely is a debate. Um, and it, it's kind of ongoing and it comes around on social media from time to time about whether or not you can truly choose to be happy. So what do you, how do you feel, I guess, about that in particular? Um, just on surface level, not, mm-hmm. you know, dealing, you know, with people who have, like, really, like, you know, mental things they're going through. Um, and a lot of a lot of life is already chosen for us. 
mm-hmm. that we have no control over, you know, let's not get into the government or anything else like that. <laughs> <laughs> but the choices that I can make, yeah. I feel like you have the opportunity and space to make the best choice ever and be happy in that choice. Mm-hmm. So I think it's a choice to do that. You can choose not to do that, cool beans, but you do have a choice in the way you react to certain things and the way you handle certain things that's in your control. So mm-hmm. I think it. Um, you do have a choice when we're talking about more like surface level things that you can't yeah. control. Absolutely. Because, yeah, I think like not even touching on, you know, any mental um, illnesses or issues or any... Um, you know, specific or, or very uh, serious traumas and not comparing traumas, but, you know, like stuff that is really, just really tra- traumatic. I guess, well, I can't say traumatic trauma, but you get what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, you know, those things. Yeah, I definitely think, again, it's back to the thinking is that, okay, this didn't happen the way I wanted. Or I don't like how that went, but I can choose to to make it a positive. Now, granted, I'm, I can be reactionary and I'm quick to, to anger, you know. But, <laughs> but I still think that, and instead of instead of allowing that anger or maybe that particular reaction to cause a greater, you know, consequence, because everything leads to something else. So, say we have a disagreement, but then it leads to us beefing for two years and never talking. No, it doesn't have to be that way. And you know, we can argue tonight, but then okay, well, let's fix it tomorrow, kind of a thing. Or you know what I'm because I think it's very it's being also proactive, even. Because being reactionary is, is part of life and it's human nature at times, but it's not allowing, I think, those bad things to, to carry over. So you can choose to, like I said, live your best life or make the most out of you know, what you're given or what you have mm-hmm. and try to get more. And not in the sense of more material things, but more happiness or to maintain and sustain that happiness that you do have. Yeah, definitely, because I don't want to paint this picture, um, even that's why I even named my blog Art Undone, because I am done. I go through a lot of stuff, a lot of stuff that people couldn't even imagine, and I'm not saying this to feel sorry, I'm saying this that, like, I don't choose for that to be the plot to my story. I choose to deal with it, I choose to deal with it in the way that I want to deal with it, but I don't make that the, you know the meat of who I am, you know what I mean? So mm-hmm. I still choose at the end of the day, regardless of what I'm going through, I still choose to be true to myself. And the truth is like, I, I enjoy being happy. I love this feeling. Like, <laughs> I, I do. Like, I love this feeling. I, and I don't even like gloomy environments. I don't like watching scary movies. Like this is what I choose to do. And everybody has that choice, but some people are uncomfortable with the idea that people can choose to be happy because they don't choose that. So it's mm-hmm. like, oh, you're happy? Why are you happy? Your life must be perfect. No, actually, it's not. It's just my choice to go above and beyond that and still find a reason to smile every single day because I can do that, you know? Mm-hmm. So that's kind of... No, no, absolutely. And I definitely, you know, like the answer. Um, so I do know um, social media, we kind of slightly touched on this but not too much um social media there's a big a big thing of at least trying to appear happy or only put out um particularly your happy moments and people don't share you know their sad things or their vulnerable things for a number of reasons but i guess do you think the secret to 
continue to appear happy, at least um, online? Is it just keep going? Um, so I think, no, I don't think that's the answer. When you just try to <laughs> appear happy, mm-hmm. um, people can usually read that. Like, you have to be true to yourself. Also, I just want to caveat real quick about social media. Like, a lot of people take social media to heart so much without realizing that social media wasn't built to make you and your friends connect or to get you to laugh at a video in the shade room. Social media was, you know, it's not it's not continue to run for that reason. It's running yeah. because it is a business solely, you know what I mean? Like, Absolutely. the platform, you know, is to connect people, but they're doing it with advertisements. That's, I'm in digital marketing. I know. I'm serving you those ads for a reason. <laughs> so... I mean, people take social media such to heart. They look at comments and likes, not even realizing that your picture is not even being shown to maybe even 10% of your friends. And it's like you take that and you hound on it. And you're like, oh, my gosh, this picture was so bomb. And then nobody likes it. And you're like, oh, this sucks. Da, da, da. But I know that's off topic, but just social media, mm-hmm. you can't take it so seriously. I also learned with my blog, like, people who don't comment, like, or whatever are some of my biggest fans. Like, they'll come, and, wait, I don't even want to, oh, that was a horrible word. Not fans, but just, like, followers. (laughs) Like, Mm -hmm. they'll literally come up to me and be like, oh, my gosh, this is great. This this really spoke to me, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So, it's, it, don't take that in consideration. But back to your question. I didn't get it. (laughs) No, no, no. Nothing wrong with circling back around and learning the quote-unquote science behind (laughs) social media. (laughs) Um, it's honestly that you need to be true to yourself. Like, I like being happy. That's just mm-hmm. me. That's not just my brand. That's my personality. You're probably never going to see me post a picture of me looking out into the abyss deep thinking <laughs> like that because that's just not me. Instead, I might like post a video of me dancing ram- randomly in my bedroom or something because that's just me. I'm just being honest with myself. People can really t- see authenticity because what will happen is you ever see those people on social media? You're like, uh-uh, she popping, he popping, blah, blah, blah. And you see them in real life, and you're like, uh? <laughs> <laughs> that sound effect. <laughs> you're like, who is this? Like, you know, because their aura is just all off. You're just like, this is not who I've seen. And I'm I'm really big on consistency. So, you know, what mm-hmm. you see is what you get, like. You meet me in person, I'm going to be the same exact way. I might be a little more shy because I don't, like, talk to a whole bunch of people like that. I just, I'm <laughs> right on it. But <laughs> once you get to know me, I'm the same person. So um, that whole faking it until you make it, it doesn't really work. Because mm-hmm. when you look at the, um, a good exercise um, my friend told me to do, which was really cool, is go on your Instagram and look, look at your feed. Look at your Instagram page. Does it say who you are or does it say who you want to be? Because those are two different things. So if you're just trying to brand yourself as something, cool beans, whatever. If you're trying to, like, you know, become an Instagram influencer. But be honest with yourself. Because if you're not honest with yourself, it may not have any effects externally. But internally, it'll screw you over. Because you'll always be like, who is that girl? You ever see those things like, who is that girl in the mirror who looks so happy? I thought it was me. It wasn't me. Blah, blah, blah. And you're just like, girl, you didn't have to post that. (laughs) You don't have to do that. Like, there's no reason to lie about who you are. Because the worst thing is you start lying to yourself. And once you Mm -hmm. start lying to yourself, it just, 
it's going to catch up with you sooner or later. No matter what you say, sooner or later, it's going to catch up, catch up with you. And it, hopefully it doesn't backfire, but it definitely can. So I would just say be truthful to yourself. If you like to look out in the abyss and look good doing it, okay, girl, do it. But, like, that's not my truth. <laughs> so you got to exactly. you know, your and, truth. And nothing wrong, kind of like what we've been saying the whole time, just being honest with yourself about what you, what you, um, what you like and who you are kind of a thing. Because, yeah, like, if you are becoming a brand, and I guess we're all brands in a sense, at least when it comes to social media, or just in presenting ourselves. So be the brand that you all are. Now, there's nothing wrong with being the brand, um, I guess, quote, unquote, maybe presenting that brand that you want to be. I think it just has to be clear. Well, one, you have to be working towards that. Yeah. So don't be presenting something that you're not even, like, I'm, I'm over here pretending to be this thing, and I'm way over on the other side, not even trying to be that in real life. But also, it, it you can kind of share that you are, that you're not there yet. And of course, the people who really know you will know you're not there yet. But, you know, depending on how many followers you have who might never meet you in real life or see you in real life, they might just think that everything they see on social media is, is law and is fact, which you all know isn't true. But a lot of times, you kind of forget that in the moment. Yeah, and I think another thing with that is just, you know, there's benefit, there are consequences and benefits to all your decisions. If you want to have, you know, your, you want to appear happy on everything, then you deal with those consequences and benefits of it. If you want to just be yourself, you know, and you don't want to deal with the branding or you don't want to put those constraints on you, then, you know, create a private page just for you and your friends and you don't have to show everybody. Um, but, I mean, there's nothing wrong. There's nothing wrong if you want to fake it until you make it and you think that works for you, then who am I to tell you don't do it? <laughs> but, you know, just at the end of the day, you go to sleep with you. It doesn't matter who's in the bed next to you. You still close your eyes and are, you have to be honest with yourself. If you're being, if you're being, if you're giving yourself the best relationship possible or if you're sacrificing yourself to appear a certain way for others, um... But, yeah, social media has, like, a lot of, like, a lot of negative effects. So, first of all, don't take it so seriously. <laughs> Second of all, um, you, you should use smart technology to your advantage. You should not let technology use it, you know, to harm you or to harm you mentally or physically. Um, hopefully not physically, but, yeah. you know what I mean. <laughs> we got you. We got you. Yeah. But it, it definitely has, like. Like I said, benefits and 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 uh, it can add to you, but try not to. I just take the negative things too hard, or let it impact you negatively, especially if it's not somebody. I guess like I think it's one thing if you, you know you like having a Facebook debate with somebody or whatever, or somebody might comment negatively. Uh-huh. Um, but try not to just let you know if you see all the like if I see all like the fit guys on Instagram, and I'm like, well, I'm not fit. Okay, well, you know. I ain't got no complaints neither, but you know I'm playing. <laughs> 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 I mean, you gotta live your truth. Like I, my, for instance, if we just talk about fit guys and stuff like that, I don't. There's some people who look at social media and these like perfect profiles, and mm-hmm. it's like, oh my gosh, I want to be that or whatever. But you have to be true to yourself. Why do you want to be that? What is that exactly. offering you? Like, even with my blog, I don't have that many like social media followers or anything else like that but that doesn't measure my success to me my success is measured on somebody being like oh this is great oh i love this 
real conversations like the one I'm having now. Like, you know what I mean? So mm-hmm. you can't, you have to figure out why does this matter so much to you and what validates that for you. Because um, it could really screw with your head. And I mean, at the end of the day, like, you have to still live life outside of this. So what are you willing to deal with and what are you willing to sacrifice for, you know, for that? Exactly, exactly. And so just to kind of close us out here um, on the healing space, we ask everybody, you know, um, how do you heal? Or more so, um, a kind of a more millennial term, how do you practice self-care? So I practice self-care um, by writing. And for so long, I didn't really want to ever call myself a writer. It felt like mm-hmm. I was like imposter syndrome. as my <laughs> Like, I'm not a writer, you know, because I don't always have the best grammar in the world. I wasn't like, you know, honors, AP. Well, you know, I wasn't, you know, mm-hmm. it was hard because I didn't feel like I had the qualifications to call myself a writer. But honestly and truly, that's how I heal. That's how I feel better about myself. I find that, you know, through sharing my truth that can hopefully inspire someone along the way is honestly the best feeling I can ever get because I'm able to be unapologetically myself while potentially helping somebody else be unapologetically themselves as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a little selfish in the fact that it's my refuge to have art undone, but at the <laughs> same time, it's like, um, I'm okay with being a little selfish and little, you know, and opening up and being vulnerable if at the end of the day, if I'm helping myself, great, but if I'm helping somebody else, that's even better. It's like the icing on the cake. I mean... I don't want people to ever look at me as um, being someone who knows everything. I'm still working on my masterpiece, um, mm-hmm. but I always feel like we can work on it better, and that makes us all a better person, and that's what helps me sleep at night, of just knowing that we're all trying to figure it out, but we might as well do it together, um, and that's the community I want to build with Art Undone, and that's what makes me joyful. Yes, because I definitely feel like, like you're saying, it's a little selfish, but I think that you're healing yourself, or it's, you know what I'm saying, it's self-care for the self, so there's nothing wrong with it being selfish, as long as it's not, you know, like, hurting others, but I, you're even extending that, because you're, like, saying you have a community, or you even want to, even though Art and Done is all about you and all for you, if it can, like, even help one person, like you were saying, then that's, like, an added benefit, kind of like we were saying before, like, when you do the small steps, you got to work towards something, you know, you kind of reward yourself. That's kind of the quote-unquote reward that you get from the blogger, from practicing your own healings. Yeah, definitely. Um, And then just to add on that, just the fact that um, I don't want to take all the credit for all my content because I have great friends who have (laughs) great inspirations, you know what I mean? So Mm -hmm. also um, just having that community and uh, one of my... uh, as Fran would say on the friend zone, having that ecosystem definitely makes Art Undone a space that I'm so proud of. Um, even, you know, with you in the healing space of being creative and being here and, you know, being true to ourselves. Like, it's about me, but it's so much more than that. Um, it's how mm-hmm. I heal myself and some of the stuff I don't even post on Art Undone, but it's also about, you know, having that ecosystem and helping each other out because um, we all we got. <laughs> <laughs> I 
Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> well, on that note, <laughs> I do want to thank you, um, Elena R. Tyson, for coming to us to the healing space. I definitely have enjoyed this conversation with you. Um, enjoyed learning or just discussing more about your blog. And I was happy that you got to, you know, come play with us and then also share, you know, your blog and about, you know, how you feel about progression first, perfection and everything else. So where can people walk with you or follow you on social media? Well, or you also can, your blog. I'm sorry. No problem. You can walk with me at artundone.com. You can follow me on Instagram at artundone. Um, Twitter mm-hmm. is artundoneblog. And then Facebook is also artundone. Um, so everything's artundone. The website <laughs> is artundoneblog. And then the Twitter is artundoneblog. And come talk to me. I love talking to you guys. If there's anything I can help you with, let me know. Um, I'm super talkative as you can see <laughs> um, and you know if there's any way that I can help uh, let me know because this is such a great opportunity um, to have a blog but also to be able to be here um, with Brandon and talk to him yes. and thank you for allowing me to be in the healing space um, and I appreciate it <laughs> oh, <whatever. laughs> thank you for coming <laughs> Thank you so much for coming. It has definitely been a pleasure talking to you. Thank you. Guys, have a great day. You too. Bye. However, do you need me? It is now time for good news. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> the whole group okay <laughs> Woo. okay so that was like like i've been promoting to everyone an enlightening and hilarious interview you did a great job <laughs> Me? <laughs> uh, no i just want to thank elena aka art aka i don't know how the alias is in these streets but i just want to thank her <laughs> i really enjoyed the conversation it was it was great I said some things. I need to follow my own advice. But you know. Okay. We, we're getting there. Listen. We're getting there. It's healing space. So we have to heal. You have to heal. Our time. Come on. Yeah, come, come on. on. Mama used to say. Oh, oh what'd she say? Take, Take your time. Take your time. <laughs> hey. <laughs> young man, don't you rush to get old. Listen. Okay. These bills come. Listen. Uh, she ain't say that part. But yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> it was a really fun interview. I hope everybody that listened enjoyed it. Absolutely, absolutely. There, there were many gems in there. Yes, gems. Many gems. You know, the Fenty War is coming out. Come on, Stone. Oh yes. my God. <laughs> this is what Black Panther has done for Black people. No, the, I knew that. The, oh, you did know that ahead of time. You knew that before Black Panther. The movie was coming out. You knew about the the, the gems. Yeah, because. To my knowledge, okay, the gems weren't even referenced in Black Panther. Correct? No, they okay, weren't. Then. So how would you know that watching because Black because after you saw Black Panther, you became interested in the MCU and did your research. No, you are a Gemini, y'all nosy like that. So I, you'd be like, okay, let me find out more. That is correct. <laughs> but seeing Black Panther wouldn't be enough for me to want to watch Infinity Wars because I know it has everybody else. Okay, so that would probably deter me. Uh oh. But I've seen enough. <laughs> we discuss this. I've seen enough of the MCU. Okay. I'm gonna try to watch them all. Ew. Listen, I ain't started. Yet. Listen, Fat, rapidly approaching. Listen, okay. here we are in March. I've but never yes. seen Thor one or two, and I'm not. I've never seen Captain America one, and I'm not. So 
but I've seen all the rest of them. Yeah. <laughs> but do you do you have good news for this week? I do. Come Look on. Listen. <laughs> but yes, my good news is that I went to go visit family. Um, we can't discuss that how I like hate flying, mm-hmm. but I made it. Thank. Huh, look at God. So yeah. Oh. So I got to go visit my grandmother, my aunt. I haven't seen them in like it was crazy. I was like, I seen y'all like two years. Like wow. I was at my granny's house. I was like, you got a new refrigerator. When did we do this? Like in the last two years. <laughs> she was like, it's been that long since you've been here. I was like, I guess so, bitch. Like I can't. What is this? I can't. <laughs> but no, it was really good to see them and some, to spend some time. Mm-hmm. Tongue twister. Yeah. To spend some time? That's a tongue twister? You saw I was struggling. It's not a tongue twister, but you saw I was struggling. Struggle tongue. Okay, go ahead. Continue. But that was my good news. Come on. I made it there. I made it back. I had Listen. a great time. Family's I important. In the town, I ain't see nobody but family. Only a few family members. <laughs> and I have a large family on both sides. You can't tell everybody you're there. You're only there for a few days. <laughs> So I can post on social media. I was there. I can post on the Snapchat. Like I posted when I was leaving from Atlanta Airport on Snapchat, but I didn't Shade. post where I was going when I got there. Uh-huh. So yeah. <laughs> Shade. <laughs> so wait a minute. The airport would have been O'Hare. No, I didn't go to Chicago. Where'd St. you go? Louis. Oh. Oh. I did not know you went to Chicago. I mean, you went to St. Louis. My family's from East St. Louis. I don't so, yeah. listen. Yeah, all over, you're all over the place. Um, I want to go to Sweetie Pies, but okay. So we I've never go. been. You've never been? My granny has been. I said heifer. <laughs> don't call her. You're the one who didn't go. You had she time to go. without me. No, she didn't go this time. No, I'm saying She's you could have gone this time while you were there. I, that wouldn't even on my mind, on my radio. <laughs> I'm, I ain't trying to be funny. <laughs> well, my good news <laughs> is that this coming Thursday, which will be March 15th, my dad's birthday. We're actually going to have THS Live on Facebook. Live. Come on. Hold it. Yes. Listen. Shout out. I'm going to be back in right. the building. He's up here twice. In one week. Y'all should be so lucky. <laughs> no, I'm um, but yeah, so we can continue our conversation about Wrinkle. This time we can get all of you guys' viewpoints. Uh, because last month, that was a lot of fun. That was a, <laughs> people, people had very strong opinions when it came to Black Panther. So that made for a very good conversation. So I'm definitely interested. Something tells me there are going to be fewer people who saw Wrinkle. Listen, um, <laughs> it's going to be a short conversation. But we got other stuff to talk about. Absolutely. So it's going to be okay. Absolutely. You know, we can... <laughs> We, we can have a conversation about how many of you plan to pay that money for On The Run 2. Come on. How many of you plan to see that? I mean, to, well, I guess see and hear if that. you got income tax money left. Ha! <laughs> Listen. Somebody put that online. You know how Somebody was like, do you notice that she always have her concerts come out around the time you get your taxes she back? Said, but she should have announced that like last month. <laughs> she should have caught y'all when the first round was getting their checks. Because some of y'all done spent it. That's all I'm saying. Right. We can talk about that too. Yeah. 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 So there are a lot of things we didn't talk about this week because we knew this was going to be a packed episode already. So that's the beauty of THS Live. Gives us an opportunity to talk about even more things. So we definitely hope that you guys join us so you can be a part of that. That's going to be on FaceTime. I plan to move it over to my company's page, Revolution. 
What, did I say FaceTime? You did. I did. Facebook. Okay. I'm glad I noticed that time. Sometimes you don't notice when you mess up. You don't. Right. But that's you what know. I'm here for. I got you. Mm-hmm. But yeah, on Facebook. Um, <laughs> so if you're if you're not, and see, this is the reason why I have to f- switch it over to the Revolution page. Because doing it on my personal page, I don't want everybody to be my friend on there. So, <laughs> But I think we can make it public, right? So if we can make it public, <laughs> I'm like, I'm not friending nobody. Um, <laughs> not on my personal page. I love y'all, but no. Um, you know, on Facebook, <laughs> look for the name Spencer James. Or you can look for uh, Facebook.com slash Scorpiogi. And then you can join in. Uh, I'm hoping it's public. And then you can join us for the live conversation. Too. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, if you want to be able to walk with THS over social media, as always, that's THS Podcast on Twitter and on, no, that's underscore THS Podcast on Twitter. And then on Instagram is THS Podcast. And uh, for the company for Revolution on Facebook, that's Revolution Multimedia. And on Snapchat, that's Revolution LLC. If you want to walk with me personally, all over social media, that's Scorpiogi. Um, and I'm not accepting you on Facebook, but, um, and of course, if you want to be able to listen to every episode of the podcast, you can go to THSpodcast.com. We're also available on Apple podcast, SoundCloud, Google play music, and YouTube. If they want to walk with you, sir, you can walk with me on the Twitter and on Instagram at just call me Otis. Mm-hmm. It's my alias in these streets, you know? Okay. You can tell the bitches your real name, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Well, all right then. (laughs) O and K. (laughs) So, yeah. With that being said, we're going to go ahead and bid you all adieu. Make sure you join us this coming Thursday, once again, March 15th, 2018, for THS Live on Facebook. Uh, Yeah, that's about it, right? all I got. There you go. So until we see you all, actually see you all, because it's going to be live. Come on now. (laughs) Until we see you all live this Thursday, we love you all so much and namaste.